Right now, I'm going to shift gears and have a conversation that is, it's a really important one. And it's become political, I think, in a way that's become so tense over the last several months, more so than in the recent past, than I think ever before. Uh, We're going to talk about how to talk to your kids about gender identity. Despite how you may personally feel, kids, as we all know, have a lot of questions. They ask a lot of questions, and I think there's a lot of curiosity here. And I think that, you know, being appropriately armed with correct information is the right way forward. So how do you broach those conversations that might be arriving at your dinner table, even tonight? Let's get into it right now with our guest, who's an associate professor at McEwen University and a Canada Research Chair for the Public Understanding of Sexual and Gender Minority Youth, Dr. Christopher Wells. Dr. Wells, thanks for making the time. Always good to talk to you. Likewise, always a pleasure. This is, I think, something that's so important that probably parents are going to maybe be dealing with before they're even ready to talk about it. Kids are back in school and there's conversations flowing all over the place. So why is it so important to understand how to talk about this appropriately with respect for kids? Yeah, well, I think exactly what uh, what you mentioned, where we're seeing uh, much greater visibility uh, across uh, the sexual and gender uh, diverse uh, spectrum. You just you know, look at uh, what's on on television or or in the media, or as you said in your intro, uh, the news stories. So uh, there's a there's a lot of good information out there, and there's a lot of bad information out there. So I think you know, for parents, first and foremost, what you can do is is signal that you're 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 open to talk about. About these issues and not to come with uh, prejudged or predetermined ideas but to, to come from a place of in, uh, you know being inquisitive being being open because I think that that's really important for parents you know it sets the stage for all kinds of conversations right if your children are not going to come forward to, to you to talk about issues or or things that might be happening in their lives if they feel already that you're you're going to shut the conversation down or you're just not going to be supportive to hear what they have to say so i think uh you know starting there is is, is a really good step um also just even the kind of shows you're watching or the books you're reading or the movies you're going to all create this important space for this dialogue to be able to emerge in a very you know natural and open kind of way i think because um visibility is so high we've already we've seen tensions become really high and I know that you are no stranger to, to that. There's been a, a lot of I think really ugly conversation over the last several months so I'm not you know about to try to change someone's mind if they feel really strongly but you know I think that if you are someone who does hold a certain um, opinion about these subjects how can you how can you broach this with your kids so that you're not imparting something that you don't you don't personally feel open to to understanding well yeah it's that's it's hard right if if you you know you're gonna your own comfortability with whatever topic it is you're talking about you know your your kids will will pick up on that you know pretty quickly but i think um you know if you can't have these kind of conversations it's important that uh you know young people know that there are other people in their lives who can have these important conversations that could be you know an Mm. inclusive faith leader it could be a coach it could be uh you know a relative an aunt or an uncle or as we we've heard about maybe that young person feels safest having this conversation with their teacher you know uh in their in their school environment as well it's really important that young people know that they have these 
safe, supportive, non-judgmental adults in their lives that they can reach out to. Because if they don't, then they, what happens is they start to internalize a lot of these issues, and that can really impact mental health, you know, lead to de- depression and despair because they feel that there's just nobody they can talk to, nobody they can open up, no one who's just going to be there without you know, judging them. I, ha- I have this quote from Mother Teresa on my wall that, that simply says, if, if you love people, you have no time to judge them. Or if you, uh, or the other way, right? Uh, if you judge people, you have no time to, to love them. Uh, so it's about suspending that kind of judgment and focusing on the, you know, the common humanity of, of loving people unconditionally. I think kids are going to have questions about some things that we've seen really talked about a lot lately, and those I think include sexuality, um, gender and pronouns. So let's just kind of start with a, a sort of a broad understanding of, you know, maybe how to how to broach those conversations in a way that's that's friendly and open to kids. Yeah, you know, uh, I think a good way is is uh, starting that open conversation. It might be the kinds of you know books that uh, you know your children uh, are reading, taking them to the, the the library, or just having open ended conversations to see you know how do they feel about these kinds of topics. But if you never mention them, you know, oftentimes that silence means that you know there's an uncomfortability, and so you know. Children may never come forward with those issues, but I think, you know, just normalizing the conversation really goes a long way. Are there are there certain ages, do you think, Chris, that are more receptive to, to talking about this or having these conversations? What are you what are you kind of noticing in terms of when kids begin to develop questions? Yeah, I think it really depends, certainly around, you know, uh, sexuality, uh, uh, often around puberty, you know, when your your body is changing and, and you, you may be de- developing, you know, stronger uh, attractions or in some cases, right, no attractions as well. Uh, I think, you know, that's often a, a time where many of these conversations, you know, come up. I, for gender, it's it's a lot earlier, right? Um, you know, young children have a sense of their their, gen, uh, their gender almost as soon as they're verbal. You know, around uh, around age two or three, and they may strongly identify. Well, I'm a boy, or I'm a girl, or they may even begin to vocalize that none of those um, those identities fit me. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's really often where we're seeing you know the, these conversations around you know a transgender and non-binary children. If a, a kid feels comfortable to come to their parents and they feel like they're personally questioning, they have questions about their own I- identity or their own um, self-expression, and a parent doesn't feel equipped to talk with their kid about that, is there a certain place that you would suggest that they go uh, for answers that you could direct that kid? What, what would you suggest in a situation like that? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost, the most important thing any parent can do is, is show your unconditional love and support. Um, for your child, you know, regardless of the conversations, you know, that you're having. Um, and I think, uh, you know, no, you don't have to have all of the answers, uh, you know, all of the time. Uh, but what we do know, particularly if a child is questioning, let's say, their, their gender identity, you know, the research shows us that, you know, upwards of 60% of, of transgender youth who do not have supportive parents consider a suicide um, and that shrinks down to only four percent when they have a strongly supportive parents and families so you know when you hear a lot 
in the media and the conversations in schools around the, and healthcare around the importance of gender affirmative care as suicide prevention. Well, you know, that's really where that comes from is around, you know, being able to affirm young people for who they are and how they identify. And first and foremost, right, one of those most important factors is parents. Right? If you don't have support of your parents, well, you know, then you often look to your schools for support. And if your schools are not supportive or safe places, well, too often then we see um, youth having to turn to the streets. They might run away from home or become uh, street involved and all of their risk factors amplify when, you know, they're, they're street involved. So um, we really want to strengthen those natural supports in their lives. Dr. Wells, thank you so much uh, for your time and for your insight this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, um, sometimes your children will take you on a journey as parents you never expected. <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that on a yeah. whole number of issues. And it, it comes down to love, right? Unconditional love for who your child is, not for whom you want them to be. Yeah, exactly. And I, I would like to think that all of us want the best for our kids and want to arm them with the best knowledge to, to take them forward in their lives. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, great tools. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Great to chat with you.